Welcome to another podcast by Victoria Point Baptist Church. We are glad you have joined us today. If you would like to connect with us as we aim to introduce people to Jesus by connecting with our local community and beyond, you can find out more at vpbc.com.au. Let's pray. Would you take a moment to offer God thanks the way that He has blessed us, things that we really do take for granted? You take an opportunity to say, thank you, God, for the difference you've made to my life. Thank you for the blessing that I enjoy because of you. As we come together in prayer, we are mindful of those that need to be prayed for might be family or friends or other people that we're aware of who are in great need. Would you take a moment just to consider those that uh, I suppose maybe God's pressing onto your heart right now that you'd like to offer in prayer and for God's touch and blessing and healing. And as we enjoy the throne of grace, perhaps there's something that's really close to your heart. A worry for you, a burden, a weight. The Bible says to cast our cares onto him because he cares for us. Take that moment. Have that encounter. Have that conversation where you say, God, he's aware of it. He just wants you to share it. And so this next period of time would be meaningful. Would you ask God to speak truth into your heart this morning? The message that you need to hear, that I would have his power, I'd have his authority, I'd be, have clarity. But would God speak to me? Would, that, would you intentionally ask God, speak to me, change me, challenge me today? Father God, hear the prayers of your people, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm sure at some point uh, in our life, uh, we've questioned whether someone loves us. Uh, It might be a teenage romance, uh, and we've had that question going through our head, and it probably happens many, many times in those teenage years. But sometimes even in a more mature relationship, we can be going through a tough time, Uh, perhaps that person isn't uh, doing the things that we'd like them to do. Uh, Perhaps it's just one of those doubts that we have and we think, I wonder whether they really do love me. I wonder whether that's something that is real and is genuine. Is it something I'm just thinking up or is it real? Do they really love me? So those sorts of doubts uh, come up in all forms of relationships. I I think it's true too that we could say there may be times where we ask the question, if not Uh, out loud, but certainly in our minds, does God really love me? Uh, Instinctively, we know that he does. Our faith is built on it. But still, I believe there's that capacity at times where we wonder, does he really love me? Does he really care for me? Is it true uh, that he is um, committed to me in in a relationship of love? Like I said, instinctively, we know that to be true. We don't really doubt. But 
the doubt still exists at times, I believe. When we think about things, it's not hard to justify the doubt. Uh, There's enough things to suggest that God shouldn't love us. Uh, They say that over the period of time that there have been over 100 billion people born into this world over all the years. Give or take a few billion. (laughs) So it's quite an understatement for me to think, in a sense, um, that I'm not that significant when you consider that. One in 100 billion, that God would be mindful of me, that God would know me, that God would love me. Uh, It's not hard for us with a human mind to consider that it's a very good question to ask, does God really love me? Does he really love me? It's easy to understand how we could get to that place of asking. But not only that, but when you consider how great God is, how powerful, how awesome he is, he doesn't have any needs, he's not lacking in any way, he doesn't need anyone, Uh, he can create whatever he wants whenever he wants, he can do pretty much whatever he likes, he's not limited to time or space, God is incredible. And then we consider what we're like and we consider our weaknesses and that we fail often and significantly when we do fail. And we see this huge gap between who God is and what we're like. And so again, it's not hard to justify in our thinking that question, to frame that doubt. Does God really love me? We might well think that he could love the person next to us because they're quite nice people. But could he really love me? Could he really love me? Throughout history, mankind has done everything possible to turn their back on God. Throughout history, we have seen that there's nothing in our heart, there's no good in our heart where we have searched God out. Nothing in us that says, I want to find God. And so when we consider who he is and what we're like, when we consider our attitudes, when we consider that most of the time we're looking, when opportunities arise, we're hurting each other, and when we can do good, we often don't. When we consider who God is and who we are, when we consider that we're just one of a hundred billion, it's quite a reasonable debate, or it's quite a reasonable question to frame on our mind, does God love me? Does God really love me? I don't think we would find it hard to find justification for reasons why he wouldn't. Plenty of evidence, plenty of things to suggest that's okay. Do you know that most other religious faiths have a God that can be loving one day and hating the next? Uh, Most religious faiths have no assurance, they have no sense, can just change like that. God might be for me one day, but God could be against me the next. And that would be consistent with most other religions that I'm aware of. And so as we come to our passage today, and if you want to turn to 1 John 4, we'll have a passage that I think that we read and we read over. I think there's three words today that we're going to look at that we have said, that we've talked about, that we've known for almost our whole life as Christians, that John raises here but is significant to the foundation Uh, of understanding God. I don't believe our minds, mine doesn't anyway, has the capacity to understand fully what this means. It's just three words, but they're life-changing, and I don't think we have the capacity to understand 
what they mean fully. Whoever does not love God does not know God. And it's been part of our Love Does series, second weekend, because God is love. So I can remember from my very earliest days, from when I was in long shorts or short longs, I can't remember what they were when I went to Sunday school, but I was told God is love. And I've known it and I've said it and we shared it. But I want us today to consider what that really means. The difference that that makes that God is love. You see, you and I choose to love. In fact, it's a really good thought that love is a choice. It's a really practical thing for us as humans to realise that we choose to love someone. It's not a feeling necessarily, it's not some warm fuzzy, but we choose to love people. So in that sense, it's a positive thing. We choose to love people. However, God does not choose to love people. God is love. So where you and I can choose to love or we can choose to hate or we can choose to do this, God has no choice because he is love. It's not part of his character. It's not a qualification. It's not what describes him as such. In fact, he is love. So our human minds understand that we choose to love someone or we choose to hate someone or we choose whatever. God doesn't have that capacity to choose. He is love. And if we could grasp the depth of that completely, it would change our life. We would never doubt, we would never fear, we would never battle with God because we understand that the only way that he can deal with us is in love. It's the only way. Now the Bible talks about what love is um, and often used at weddings. <laughs> love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it's not proud, it's not seeking, it's not easily angered and it keeps no record of wrongs it actually would be more accurate and correct to say it like this. God is patient. God is kind. God does not envy. He does not boast. God is not proud. He's not self-seeking. He's not easily angered. And he keeps no record of wrongs. That is, in fact, more accurate than saying love is. You see, God didn't choose to love. He is love. Before love existed, God existed. So to say love is, is in fact inaccurate, we need to say God is. Love is God, God is love. And although we understand and we've heard this and we've taught it to our kids in Sunday school. Hey, did I mention we have a need for teachers and helpers in Sunday? I mentioned that, that's good. You have an opportunity at a creche level, I'm going to run until this till the end. You have an opportunity when you're looking after those little kids, if you give up 60 minutes on a Sunday night and you give an hour of your time just four times a year, if you do that, you can share with those children that God is love and God loves them. I don't know what the greater joy of that. And someone has to pick up the tab for the courtesies because I'm often busy on a Sunday, Cass teaches Sunday, uh, Sunday school, so we've got a whole heap of those little ones that we're responsible for, so someone needs to pick up the tab for us. <laughs> That's the message that God is love. And I would suggest that most of us just run over that really quickly and we don't think about it. We don't think of the consequences. We don't think of the joy of it. We don't think of those things that are, are available to us. So the question 
So the question, (laughs) does God really love us? Well, it was never a question, it was never a choice. God is love. So if nothing else today, and I hope you listen to the rest, but if nothing else today, you can leave with the assurance and the solid fact, without a doubt, no questions asked, God loves you. God loves you. And if you haven't had an encounter with Jesus, I want you to leave with that thought because that's where it starts. It's not about me making you feel guilty and bad and all those things, but I just want you to know this. If you're not yet a Christian, it doesn't matter what your response to him is. Our response as humans has never been positive to God. He seeks us out. We don't seek him out. But I want you to know this. Whatever seat you're sitting in, wherever you are, know this. Leave here today this. God loves you. God loves you. No doubts, no questions. It's impossible for him not to because he is love. Doesn't choose it, he is. And once we grasp that, it will take a whole different look on how we do things. This is how God showed love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world. Look look at this, that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and he sent his son as atoning sacrifice for our sins. If we had two hours today, we could unpack that. So we're not going to look at it in depth. There's a lot of good stuff there. We'll come back to a couple of things, but we need to understand. God didn't meet us halfway. When we came to faith, it's not like we were searching and God met us halfway. When we came to faith, God came all of the way. We have nothing within us that has a draw, an attraction or a drawing to God. There's no, nothing in us that sought God out. Nothing. We might have started on a process of coming to faith, but that's only initiated by God's Spirit. Any turning that we did, any seeking, any looking, was not of ourselves, but was of God. Consider this. The God who put the stars and the moon and the heavens in place, the God who controls everything, reached out to you in love. There's been a hundred billion people born in this world. God reached out to you. And I don't want to put you down, but you didn't have a lot on your CV. You didn't have a lot to offer. There's not a lot of good things that I had that he would find me one in a billion. Some people think I'm one in a billion, but not necessarily in a positive way. This is amazing. It's so central to our faith that we just skip over it. In some ways, there's a sense where we think, oh, well, God chose me. Yes, he did choose you, but it was instinctive. He had no choice. All he can do is love. All he can do is extend his love to you. He can do nothing else because he is love. He created it. He clarifies it. He lives it out. He is love. And once we grasp that, once we really get it, it flows on to a number of things. Why? Because every encounter we have with God, every instigation of the things that happen in our life that are from God, Every time God reaches out to us, every time God breaks into our life, we know something. It's an act of love. It's an act of love. 
Now, do things happen that are bad, that aren't loving? Of course, but that's got nothing to do with God. We live in a broken world. We have all sorts of things. However, we know this. If we don't question that God loves us, we can't question that everything that happens to us under his hand is anything but an act of love. And so if he disciplines us, if he saves us from ourselves, if something happens in our life that at the moment we cannot understand, there will be a time later on when we say, that was God engaging me in love. God saved me, God rescued me. If we don't get that job or we don't get that boyfriend or we don't have this or we don't have that, if it is from God, we know there will be a time in the future when we look back and say, thank you, God, that you did that. Thank you, God, because God is love. We can easily see how our mind is clarified when we get this because we don't say saying, is God dealing with me because he's angry with me? Has God stopped loving me? Are all these bad things happening because somehow I'm out of God's favour? Well, if you were a, a Buddhist or a Califumpian or anything else, you would be asking those questions. If you're Hindu and you're resurrect, or sorry, reincarnated and you come back as a mouse, well, you know you haven't done too well. <laughs> and you'd be saying, well, God's not very pleased with me. I'll have to try harder. Can you see the assurance that we have that as we encounter God, every action, everything that happens is an act of love? And if it's not an act of love, it's not an act from God. We live in a broken world and there's things happen. It rains on the just and the unjust, the Bible says. Of course we experience unfair pain. Of course things go wrong. We live in a broken world. But we do not question the heart of God. We can have questions, why did this happen, I don't understand, but we cannot question the heart of God because he is love. He doesn't change. He's not one thing or the other, one day and something else. He is consistent, he is love. Now the reason that we struggle to grasp this is because we compare God's love with human love. We're human, we've been loved, we love others, and so we bring creator God in all his magnificence down to a level where he is shaped and influenced in our thinking by how we love people. And so we put the same sort of things on God that we could put on others. And that's our problem. God's love is so different from our love. So different. And we need to, re we need to rejoice in that. We need to give thanks why? Because my love is often selective. My love is often conditional and you can't count on me. You can't. One day I might be loving, the next day I've been kicking the cat all morning and if I see you I might try and kick you as well. So you cannot count on my love. You cannot base your life on it, you can put not no hope in it because I love with a human love. And it's selective, it's selfish, it's conditional. You see, I can choose to love or I can choose to hate. I can choose to help or I can choose to hurt. I can choose to be selfish or I can choose to be selfless. That's human love. God can't do that. He can't choose. He just is. God is love means he doesn't choose. He's just love. And how good is that? How good is that? Well, if your mind is moving forward and you're thinking about 
love does. <laughs> if you're thinking about our series and what we're aiming to do, that we wouldn't just talk about love or dream it, but we would actually do it, we'd be in action. You can see where I'm leading. Because <laughs> I see a problem. <laughs> I see a big problem. If I'm involved in a love does lifestyle, if I'm involved in a decision that I'm going to commit myself to loving people, uh, there's a problem. <laughs> At my very best, I can live a life of love sometimes. <laughs> At my very best, I can live a life of love. I can commit to this Love Does series, but guess what? You can't guarantee what you're going to get. You might get love one day, you might get something else the next. <laughs> And so if we are considering how we as individuals in a church commit to this desire of actually loving people in action, fulfilling our faith and our obedience to God that we would love people, we have a problem. <laughs> you see, there's no way that you can count or trust my love. There's no way that we could build a mantra of love does on me. And you're... Clever people, I bet you're thinking, if only we could have God's love and not human love. That's the answer. If only we could have God's love, which is pure, which is consistent, which is selfless, if only we could have God's love, then this love does thing can work. Verses 9 and 12 answer our problem. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world, look, that he might live through him. Verse 12, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. <laughs> we don't have to make a choice, will I love or won't I love? Our only choice has to be, will I let the love of God be expressed through me? Will I be available to this love of God? Because guess what? If you make yourself available to God, he can only love. Eliminate a choice, to love or not to love? That's not the question. <laughs> only one choice, will I be available to the Spirit of God who's made his home within me? Will I be obedient and humble? Because then if I do that, the only thing that can happen is that I love, because God is love. God has made his home within you. It was always his strategy. It was always his plan. His love has been made complete or perfect in you. This was always God's idea. In our brokenness, in our shallowness, in our selfishness, he would come in by his spirit and take residence within us. And in that way, his love would be made complete. Would you consider this for a moment? That God's love is made complete in you. In you. Think about the difference it would make if we go through our day, each and every day, obedient and humble to the Spirit of God, and we say yes to God and no to self. We are actually the perfect completeness of God's love to others. How amazing is that? How incredible is that, that? That we can be the love of God as he's made his home within us. It's made complete. It's made perfect. 
This was always God's plan. I know there's a delay, but I'm a bit impatient. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. To spend a whole day on that. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. Last week we talked about the motivation. Any Christian discipline without true desire is drudgery. So if we are trying to love people just because we should, we're going to hate it and they're going to hate us. We need to have desire and motivation. Because Christ died for us, we have motivation. But what I want you to think about is this. Jesus just didn't go to the cross to save us and restore us and pay the price of our sin. Jesus went to the cross so that we could have new life, that we could be born again with the Spirit of God, that we could be a new creation. We are not just the same person with our rough edges smoothed over so we're more presentable. We are a brand new creation and the reason that Jesus went to the cross wasn't just to save us but was to rebirth us so that we would be born again. And what does it mean to be born again? If you are a born again Christian, you have the Spirit of God living in you. He has taken up residence within you. And so no longer do we live out of our own human power or love, but we can as we're available and humble. When we say yes to God, His complete love is made perfect in us. You are able to love your spouse and your neighbour and everyone else in your life with the complete and perfect love of God, if you so choose. Because God's done everything that's necessary. And so we see Jesus going to the cross as an act of love. But there's more than that. He went to the cross so that we could be born again, that we could receive his spirit, so that we can live out this perfect love, so that we can actually participate and commit ourselves to love does. Yes, I'm going to love people, but not with my insincere, inconsistent, selfish love that you might get sometimes but I can love people with the love of God. I want to finish with this. John says no one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, they will. This is a huge privilege, but it's also hugely scary. <laughs> I represent God. My life is what people see of God. As someone who's a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, as someone who proclaims to have faith in his son, I am presenting a message of God to people. John says, no one has ever seen God, his spirit. But when you love, they see the reality of God. Now, I, I want to back out here because I'm not sure that I can present God in a way that's true to his nature and character. <laughs> I want to withdraw at this stage because I know that my love is inconsistent. And if they see me at my very best, I'm still painting a bad picture of God. And I would walk away from this because the challenge is too great. But this is the secret. This is the truth. This is the amazing thing. God is love. And so he loves us unconditionally. No doubts, no fears. God loves us. But not only that, God loves us enough that he gave us a renewing, a born again experience where his spirit is within me. 
And now this little black duck, this little guy who struggles to do the right thing, who's selfish and who's inconsistent, that loses his temper. This person has been born again to the potential that I can be involved in love does with the love of God. Because God is love. And God lives in me and he lives in you if you're a follower of Jesus. How we live, how we love, opens up the door to how people see God. How good is it that although the evil one might try to raise it in our thinking, maybe if we're really hard on ourselves or others have been, we might ask the question, does God really love me? Really? Well, I want to say to you today that that's a question that you never have to ask. Because we breathe, God loves. For us to exist, we breathe. When God exists, he just loves he cannot deal with us, look at us. He cannot transact with us. We cannot have an encounter with God without him being loving. So the question of does God really love me is one we don't have to ask. He doesn't choose, not like us. It's not human love. He is love. But when we think about the disparity, when we think about the gap, when we think about this challenge, human love and God's love, and I meant to love people, and our desire is, oh, if only they, I could have God's love. Well, we can. That's the gospel. That was always God's plan, that God's love would be made perfect in us. That would be complete. That would be the end of story. Not only have I rescued my children, but I've empowered them to live in love. I've empowered them to live out the love of Christ in and through them. What a privilege it is to be a part of a love does commitment where we decide and we make a commitment that we are going to put love into action. That's what we're about. That's what's so important. But how good is it when we make that commitment knowing that it's God who does, love does. It's God who does, love does. Let's pray. Father God, I fully admit that I cannot comprehend the depth of that truth that God is love. But with my limited knowledge, it is amazing. Because I know God, for me to love, is often a choice. Sometimes it's, it's even a hard choice. Sometimes I have to really work hard to make that choice of love. <laughs> because instinctively within me, I want to be selfish. I want to blame others, judge others. So God, I just know for me to love is a deliberate choice most times, not always. But I know it's always a hard choice and yet you just do it. That's who you are. You came before love. You are love. God, I want us to understand two things this morning that God is love. Firstly, the impact that that has on our life. We have no justification ever, never, never, ever to ask the question in our mind, does God love me? It's off the table. And I pray today if there's anyone here who hasn't experienced God's love that they would know this. God loves you. More than you can know and more than you can understand. He is passionate and he is committed to you. 
and he will chase after you. He will continue to chase after you. My encouragement this morning is that you would turn around and let him embrace you. But I pray today as well that we would understand the implications of this when it comes to our love does commitment. That if we're willing and if we're humble and if we're gracious, the love of God can be channeled through us. Why? Because that was always God's plan. The cross wasn't just about saving us, but it was empowering us with love. That's why we're still here. He's left us here. He's empowered us to love with the love of Christ. If we're willing, if we're humble, if we're obedient. Father God, I pray today that we would take hold of this wonderful truth and we would just suck the life out of it. <laughs> I just pray that we would grasp it, that we would never let it go, we'd never take our eyes and we would just take everything out of this truth. God is love. Because that means God loves me. And once we have an understanding, a small understanding, once that dominates our thinking, once we're amazed once we're gracious, once we're appreciative, once we're overwhelmed by the love of God, then we'll understand our calling to love others. But not with my selfish, conditional, selective love, but with the love of God that is within me. Father God, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.